It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather and he who controls the weather will control the world. The Unexpected Consequences of Solar Geoengineering. That's a new report from EOS.org. From the report, solar engineering is not a substitute for climate mitigation and concerns about its risks and unintended impacts are supported by the recent discovery of overlooked atmospheric chemical feedback. The report continues, the stratospheric ozone depletion from solar geoengineering increases the flux of certain UV radiation that in turn changes tropospheric atmospheric composition. As a consequence, this chemical feedback influences the spatial patterns of radiative forcing, which leads to warming in some regions and cooling in other regions, raising the concerns about global equity. This underscores the importance of deepening our understanding of solar geoengineering and warns us about, quote, its potential for unseen consequences. Translation, climate engineering operations are a leap into the abyss from which there is no return, a leap that the controllers of the matrix decided to make over 75 years ago without our knowledge or our consent. Should that come as any surprise? I think not. And about the elements the climate engineers are dispersing into our skies. From the India Times and many other sources, scientists find microplastics in clouds for the first time. Why for the first time? Because they never looked before. The report states the following. The team identified nine different types of polymers and one type of rubber in the airborne microplastics in our clouds. And then they say, quote, we can only tackle the problems caused by microplastics in the sky if we all work together. Yes, that part's true, the last part. And working together starts by exposing and halting the climate engineering assault, which isn't just dispersing untold quantities of polymer fibers, aka microplastics, but also a long list of heavy metals and other elements. Welcome to the toxic fishbowl. How long can you hold your breath? Next, from phys.org, new study definitively confirms Gulf Stream weakening. This doesn't bode well for the planet's heat-regulating systems, which in turn doesn't bode well for the fate of the human race. Climate engineering operations have completely altered atmospheric wind currents, which in turn has contributed to altered ocean currents. Connect the dots. We now have warm water pumping into the Arctic, which is thawing methane hydrate and clathrate deposits on the seabed, which are now exploding into the water column, migrating to the surface, and then into the atmosphere where it's covering the planet like a layer of glass. You'll hear more about this soon. I've covered it in so many broadcasts, but now the climate science community is having to face this issue because they can no longer hide it. From AP News, food prices are rising as countries limit exports. Blame climate change, El Nino, and Russia's war. What's this headline omitting? Food isn't just getting more expensive. Our supplies are dwindling fast. Empty food shelves coming to a store near you soon. And about the causes, not just climate change, more correctly, climate and ecological collapse being further fueled by covert climate engineering operations on top of all the rest of the decimation from industrialized, militarized society. 
Agricultural regions around the world are increasingly being hit with various forms of unprecedented weather catastrophes. Just random acts of nature targeting agricultural regions or part of the plan. You decide. And about El Nino and the Ukraine war, both inseparable from climate engineering operations and matrix manipulated agendas. And one more footnote on the Ukraine war. How wrong is that entire picture? Whatever the motives from those that pull the strings on both sides of every conflict, when World War I tactics are being used in this age, with vast amounts of artillery and personnel sitting ducks in the middle of open fields for months on end, so vulnerable that a single drone or fighter jet could take them all out if the powers that be wanted that to happen. But it never does. It's just a measured pace of the ongoing carnage that's consuming all the outdated and existing military hardware and munitions so that the defense industry on all sides of the conflict can make a mint manufacturing more. What's another obvious potential benefit, at least through the eyes of those in power? The controlling and culling of the peasant class. And that's how the grand game of chess is played by the controllers of the Matrix, a game that they couldn't carry out, they couldn't conduct. Without the active or passive support of populations, when will this change? When? What will it take? We'll soon enough find out. Next, from aljazeera.com, silent killer. How deadly is air pollution? Question mark. The report then addresses the headline question, saying, quote, the short answer, very, i.e. very deadly. In fact, they say air pollution, by some estimates, is the leading cause of death internationally. They continue, the worst offenders are particles smaller than 2.5 microns. Let's stop there. Yes, the smaller the particle, the more dangerous it is. And with that in mind, consider that climate engineering elements, which are already highly toxic in and of themselves, are in the sub-100 nanometer range, exponentially smaller than anything any official air testing agency even looks for, let alone acknowledges. Geoengineeringwatch.org is working directly with a major agricultural testing institution that has extrapolated from hundreds of precipitation samples over a single U.S. state, which we are not disclosing yet, what the total tonnage of climate engineering elements that are likely being dispersed all over the world and it likely is somewhere in the range of 40 to 60 million tons annually. Think about that. If you don't believe our government would be a part of weather warfare operations with such devastating effects, I understand. It's a very disturbing reality to face. Let's listen to what President Biden had to say during a recent meeting in which he addressed climate catastrophes. Listen very carefully. Here it is, and I will replay it at least twice so you can clearly catch what he says. I want to reiterate that appreciation today. I also convened my entire cabinet as part of a whole of government response. And that response is to increase the number and intensity of the extreme weather events and be wary we're going to be use all the resources available to the government to do it. I want to reiterate that appreciation today. I also convened my entire cabinet as part of a whole of government response. And that response is to increase the number and intensity of the extreme weather events and be wary we're going to be use all the resources available to the government to do it. 
forgive me for repeating that statement in my own words so that it's crystal clear. Here's what Biden said. I convened my entire cabinet as part of a whole of government response, and that response is to increase the number and intensity of weather events. We are going to use all the resources available of the government to do it. So was Biden given the wrong script? Was it a Freudian slip? Or did the president's unraveling cognitive state just let the cat out of the bag? You decide. And there's this from businessinsider.com. The true cost of extreme weather. From that report, data suggests costs of extreme weather are trickling through the economy and could soon overwhelm our social safety net if left unchecked. Economists told this to Insider.com. That statement from BusinessInsider.com doesn't even begin to address the severity and immediacy of what's unfolding. And of course, climate engineering isn't mentioned. That's a given. What we now face isn't just extreme weather that, quote, could overwhelm our social safety net, end quote. What we actually face is an unfolding and accelerating abrupt climate and ecological collapse scenario which holds life on Earth in the near-term balance, not just so-called social safety nets. Don't believe it? Don't think it could be that bad? Doesn't matter. You will. Wait and see. And above it all, the weather warfare operations continue to rage unabated. You're listening to the weekly installment of the commercial-free, non-political, global alert news report, The End of the World as We Know It broadcast, brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of covert global climate engineering operations, a.k.a. weather warfare. Reaching a critical mass of awareness is the only way forward in this fight. And how do we accomplish that? By starting a conversation on climate engineering that leads people to a credible source of data. Geoengineering Watch shirts, hoodies, or our full-color printed climate engineering awareness materials can get the conversation going with family and friends. Every day counts in this all-important battle. Geoengineering Watch awareness raising materials can be found on the Geoengineering Watch homepage. Our only goal, to fully expose and halt the climate engineering assaults. Moving on. Let's take a moment to address what Matrix Media officially labels as, quote, natural disasters, a.k.a. record heat, record drought, record deluge, record firestorms, the list goes on and on. And here's my question. With climate engineering operations raging, all over the world, with the active or passive support of all governments, with the possible exception of Iran, who has publicly spoken out against NATO weather warfare, can any weather anywhere at this point be considered, quote, natural? Short answer, no. And always remember and consider that there can be no legitimate discussion of climate anything from any perspective without first and foremost acknowledging and addressing the climate engineering factor in the equation. On the same theme, far too many are still desperately clinging to the rationally and inarguably false at face value conclusion that the increasingly catastrophic earth changes that are rapidly accelerating are just the result of natural cycles of the planet. Does the planet go through natural cycles? Yes, of course. But when all Earth's life support systems from the clouds to the ground are systematically decimated by countless forms of human activity, which includes climate engineering, and all of this inflicted on the planet in the geologic blink of an eye, then rationally, logically, 
the unprecedented unraveling of the former planetary ecological equilibrium cannot, must not be considered natural. Here's a comparison. People die. All of us do at some point. But if you run someone over in a crosswalk and then try to claim that the victim died of natural causes, that it's just part of a cyclical pattern of life and death, would such a defense hold up in a court of law? I think not. Far too many are so fearful of their own mortality that they continue to cling to the increasingly absurd and completely unsupportable just-think-happy-thoughts delusions. The hallmark of a healthy mind is an unyielding willingness to fully face verifiable truths, not to run from them. Moving on from gatewaypundit.com, Oklahoma residents spot bizarre mushroom cloud resembling nuclear blast. From that report, residents in Oklahoma on Sunday, that's last Sunday, spotted a bizarre-looking mushroom cloud. The report says the strange cloud was captured on video and shows a massive cumulus cloud moving upward through a stratus cloud, which caused onlookers to compare the strange sighting to a nuclear blast. Weather experts said the unusual cloud pattern is what's caused the hail and high winds in central Oklahoma and some parts of Texas over the weekend. The so-called weather experts, the climate engineering cover-up crew, whose job it is to explain away anything and everything in our skies, no matter how engineered, as natural. So many in the so-called climate science community will have so much explaining to do when populations finally are forced to look up and wake up. I so look forward to that day. From news.un.org, human rights experts, humanity-facing, unprecedented global toxic emergency. That's the headline from the report. Humanity cannot afford to further aggravate the toxification of the planet. We can't stop it at this point. Not soon enough. The planet is already ubiquitously contaminated. Nothing is untainted except perhaps a few pockets of groundwater in isolated places. The rest on the subject of bad things in our environment. We're all inhaling a credit card worth of microplastic nanoparticles per week. Yes, per week. More in a moment on that. First, I want to get to this. Even worse things in the environment. From news.com.au, Northwest Melbourne, this Australia, suburbs warned about flesh-eating Beruli ulcer virus as cases rise to, quote, significant numbers. The report says a flesh-eating bacteria is spreading through Melbourne, sparking warnings from health authorities for residents to remain vigilant to signs of infection. That doesn't sound good, does it? A reminder of the flesh-eating bacteria that is now swimming alongside bathers in the record-warm Gulf of Mexico and along the record-warm waters of the U.S. East Coast. Yes, it's still lurking about. On the subject of record-warm Gulf of Mexico waters, still no hurricanes being allowed to spin up anywhere near the oil-drilling platforms. Wow. Is nature taking care of big oil, or are patented processes of hurricane manipulation at the core of this equation? Hurricane manipulation processes that the U.S. military has been working on for over 75 years, since Project Cirrus in 1947. You decide. And there's this from Tucker Carlson. Our system is collapsing in real time. We're watching this happen. Tucker correctly sees societal collapse, but what is ultimately behind that? Driving it. Making it inevitable. Global ecological collapse. 
unfolding and accelerating by the day. From the website collapse2050.com, which perhaps should be collapse2025.com, this headline, The Approaching Energy Shock. From that report, a massive oil shock could be just around the corner and nobody's talking about it. They continue, one barrel of oil has the same amount of energy of up to 25,000 hours of hard human labor, which is 12.5 years of work. That's the energy density of liquid carbon fuel. It's astounding how much energy is in it. They continue, at $20 per hour, this is $500,000 worth of labor per barrel, if you equate it in these terms. And continuing, the average American consumes over 25 barrels per year, so each of us has a huge subsidy of energy behind the scenes that we often take for granted. Less oil and much more expensive oil will have huge impacts, they say, and huge implications. Summary, the collapse of industrialized militarized civilization is a given at this point. It was never sustainable. In regard to liquid carbon fuel, it is so much harder to recover at this point that in the year 1900, the energy in one barrel of oil could get a 100 more out of the ground. Now the equation is one barrel of oil gets five out of the ground, a 95% decline. How much longer can that continue? And about the never sustainable part, not even close. And the longer that collapse is delayed, the more abrupt and catastrophic it will be. And to those that have long since convinced themselves that the sprawling megacities are somehow permanent, a permanent fixture on what's now a rapidly dying planet, time to wake up. Moving on, more reports from the front lines from CBS Austin, Texas. Baseball-sized hail wreaks havoc in central Texas, major damage reported. The article then states, A severe thunderstorm with embedded baseball-sized hail slammed parts of central Texas Sunday night, last Sunday, causing major damage. Let's stop there. Massive hailstorms and stones are now the norm. Welcome to chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding operations. Search the engineering winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn so much more. Why aren't people asking questions about the massive hail that's everywhere, the extreme temperature whiplash scenarios as they chemically engineer cloud moisture and seed it with these endothermic reacting elements? to cause a cold insulator of air to descend to the ground? Why is geoengineeringwatch.org the only source we know of that's trying to sound the alarm on the engineered toxic surface cooldowns that is such a major component of climate engineering? We need help to expose that issue so people can better understand that these flash cooldowns are not nature. It's climate engineering. From MSN.com, U.S. hot weather, America to bake in 100 degrees Fahrenheit, heat as south faces flash drought. It's like the flash drought that hit Lahaina and so many other places. And climate engineering desiccant particles do exactly that. Most people don't realize, or many don't realize, that climate engineering operations are actually much more effective at diminishing and dispersing precipitation than augmenting it. But they control the spigot, bottom line. They control where it will rain, how much it will rain, how toxic that rain will be. From this MSN report, blistering 100-degree Fahrenheit heat will bake swaths of the U.S. this week as southern states tackle a devastating, quote, flash drought. As west and east coast battle storms, that's the engineered cool-down part on both coasts, 
Southern and central regions will continue to swelter under a stifling heat dome. That's the ionosphere heater-induced high-pressure heat dome that I cover so much on this broadcast, HARP being the most powerful ionosphere heater on Earth, but there's about a 100 more with the same capability of causing these reactions in our electrically charged ionosphere. They're using the atmosphere for a physics lab for their experiments with no consideration of the consequences, which we will all soon find out how severe those are. The report then says unbearable temperatures and lack of rain have forced the Mississippi River into a near-record drought and left southern states and the upper Midwest parched. The Texas heat ridge, high-pressure heat dome, is going to remain in place for most of the week and is showing no signs of moving anywhere soon. The heat may die down later this month before returning through the start of October. Yes, that's the scheduled weather. And speaking of which, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration scheduled weather for the next 14 days for the continental U.S. was for record-breaking warmth and heat to continue, as this article stated, baking most of the central U.S. with on-and-off engineered cool-downs for the west and east coast regions. Moisture is needed, as I stated, for the chemical ice nucleation cool-downs, and it is scheduled, both coasts. But on Thursday of this week, suddenly... The entire National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration long-term scheduled weather was altered. Other forecasting agencies didn't seem to get the updated script for the scheduled weather, but that can change on any given day and in any given direction. The climate engineers are rapidly losing whatever control over the planet and its life support systems that they thought they had, and that's what happens when the branch breaks, and it is. Hang on. We're in for a ride. Next, from DW.com. This is an ongoing and worsening story. South America's largest freshwater lake is drying up. There are grave implications from that. The weather warfare pendulum is swinging so far in both directions in so many regions around the world that it's impossible to keep up. Am I saying that without climate engineering we wouldn't see weather catastrophes? No, I am not saying that. I have, in fact, never said that. Bottom line, industrialized, militarized, so-called civilization has trashed the planet in the geologic blink of an eye, and the consequences are manifesting by the day. But man's intentional interference with the planet's life support systems is pushing us from the proverbial frying pan into the fire. What we face is a this-and-that equation. Anthropogenic damage in countless forms and climate engineering. Not either-or. But the bottom line, there is no natural weather at this point. None. From the UK Guardian, fears rise of volcanic eruption near Naples. We have likely thermal expansion that's occurring and strata penetrating frequency transmissions. More on that in a moment. Another headline in the same equation from LifeScience.com, simultaneous rapture of faults triggered massive earthquake in Seattle area 1,100 years ago, and it could happen again. Question Are they just warning of a remote possibility or covertly disclosing their schedule for the further utilization of tectonic weapons of mass destruction, a.k.a. ionosphere heaters, that can bounce their transmissions off a now-reflective, climate-engineered, element-saturated atmosphere, and when the transmissions are concentrated in a seismically sensitive zone, seismic activity can be triggered. This is well-established science. It's not disputed. Search this short report titled, Are Microwave Transmission Facilities Being Used to Trigger Earthquakes? You might put geoengineeringwatch.org in front of that 
find that, review it, and continue your investigation. You won't like what you find, but it's need-to-know information. Here's more warnings of the ongoing scheduled weather and the theaterizing of it from Scientific American. Classifying heat waves will help people better understand their dangers. From that report, climate change, they say, is making heat waves stronger and longer. Naming and ranking them, like we do with hurricanes, will make governments and companies and people take hot days more seriously. Again, ionosphere heater-induced high-pressure heat domes that are held in place to steer the upper-level wind currents, which steers moisture currents, which helps the climate engineers determine where it will rain, how much it will rain, how toxic that rain will be. They can control these currents so effectively that when you look at some of the jet stream patterns now, it's like looking at the front of a complex car engine where the fan belt, in this case representing upper-level wind currents, can wrap counterclockwise around low-pressure zones in the northern hemisphere and clockwise around high-pressure zones in the northern hemisphere, and they can steer the jet pattern in this way. And with the high-pressure heat domes, this is how they can flash bake and flash drought specific regions for as long as they want while directing moisture around that region. It's what they've done to California for so many years with the, quote, ridiculously resilient ridge of high pressure. Again, ionosphere heater-induced high-pressure heat dome. And we have the whole of the so-called climate science community pretending that none of this is going on. There's an absolute epidemic of moral bankruptcy in so-called academia. Moving on, about collapsing insect populations, including pollinators, not to worry. Technology yet again claims it will save us from ourselves. Do you believe them? From BBC, farmers turn to tech as bees struggle to pollinate. From that report, we're not replacing bees, they say, but rather offering more efficient pollinating methods to farmers and reducing the dependence on commercial honeybees, end quote. Who needs bees anyway, right? We have McDonald's, Walmart, and Circle K. Welcome to the asylum. We'll see how well that works out. A new science study from the American Geophysical Union. Listen to this. Overlooked long-term atmospheric chemical feedbacks alter the impact of solar geoengineering. Implications for tropospheric oxidative capacity. Listen carefully to this, and I'll get to the point near the end. The level of stratospheric ozone depletion seen from geoengineering leads to a decline in global mortality. How does that work? Let's continue. Driven by air pollution changes. Let's stop there for a moment. Is the American Geophysical Union actually stating that global mortality will decline because of air pollution changes caused by climate engineering? How exactly does that work? So they seem to be saying that inhaling untold mass quantities of highly toxic ozone-destroying climate engineering aerosols, aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, surfactants, polymer fibers, graphene, that that's actually good for us. Really. Just another day in the planetary asylum. The AGU report continues. Again, American Geophysical Union. Atmospheric chemical feedbacks also imply the potential for net global public health benefits associated with stratospheric ozone depletion as the decreases in mortality resulting from stratospheric aerosol injection induced improvements in air quality outweigh the increase in mortality due to increased UV radiation exposure. They then say such chemical feedbacks also lead to improved plant growth. It's hard to know where to start with summarizing 
all those statements from the AGU. So the depletion of the life-sustaining ozone layer from climate engineering operations is, the AGU is stating, actually good for us, at least in the sense that they say because stratospheric aerosol injection, a.k.a. an atmosphere saturated with highly toxic elements, will somehow magically improve our air quality. And that, in their opinion, it is apparently more important than the fact that the climate engineering operations will deplete the ozone layer, which they seem to feel is no big deal, just the near-term end of terrestrial life on Earth. And lastly, the AGU, the American Geophysical Union, seems to claim that stratospheric aerosol injection climate engineering operations will lead to, quote, improved plant growth, end quote. Really, improved plant growth. How's that going so far after 75 years of the ongoing climate engineering weather warfare assault and everything is dying everywhere at various speeds and functional collapse of the ozone layer likely to occur in the coming years as a consequence of the climate engineering operations and the frequency transmissions they include. And the AGU tells us it's all good. We know what's best. Go back to sleep. How much proof do we need? to justifiably conclude that the so-called science community is bought and paid for by the money printers in so many science arenas. From grist.com, this winter just ended in South America and it's 110 degrees. Think about that. They're absolutely obliterating temperatures in the Southern Hemisphere now as well. The report says the unseasonal heat in Brazil is bad news for the world's supply of coffee and soybeans, and that's just the beginning. As the Northern Hemisphere emerges from the hottest summer on record, South America has, for now anyway, taken up the planet's extreme heat mantle. Winter just ended there, but a large swath of the continent is sweltering under unprecedented heat domes that are pushing temperatures above 110 degrees Fahrenheit in parts of Brazil. That could leave people paying more for a cup of joe. As if that's the only concern they have. They won't have a cup of anything soon. So many sources and sites, like grist.org in this case, seem to always feel they have to make a joke out of the end of the world as we know it. And why do they do this? Because so many in populations have been taught, trained, and programmed since birth to reject any news that is dire and upsetting. Just another footnote from the Planetary Asylum, and that's why we're in the dark corner we're in today. From the Washington Post, one of the most intense El Ninos ever observed could be forming. As fast-forming and strengthening El Nino climate patterns could peak this winter as one of the most intense ever observed, according to an experiment forecast released Tuesday, the new prediction system suggested it could reach a top-tier super El Nino strength, a level that in the past has unleashed deadly fires, drought, heat waves, floods, and mudslides around the world. You mean like right now? Like what's been happening? And now when they put out this type of report, so many in populations think, oh, they predicted it, so it must be natural. No, it's anything but Here's another report from grist.org, and this information is in fact valid. Here's the headline. Parts of the world have already grown too hot for human survival. From that report, even more areas will face such conditions as the planet continues to warm from carbon fuel combustion. And let's not forget climate engineering and the heat-trapping effect of climate engineering elements sprayed into our skies. 
More than a decade ago, two climate scientists defined what they considered at the time to be the upper limit of human survivability, 35 degrees Celsius or 95 degrees Fahrenheit at 100% humidity, also known as the wet bulb threshold. I've covered that many times in this broadcast. In those conditions, a person, no matter who they are or where they live, cannot shed enough heat to stay alive for more than a few hours. The scientists operating assumption was that carbon emissions would need to warm the planet by 5 to 7 degrees C, that's 9 to 12.6 degrees Fahrenheit, before the world exceeded the wet bulb threshold every year. Since then, more advanced work has demonstrated the world only needs to warm by about 2 degrees C, that's 3.6 degrees Fahrenheit, before heat waves in the hottest parts of the world first crossed that survivability line. It's happening already, and for the record, unfiltered frontline temperature data indicates we are likely past 3.5 degrees C now. It's being masked by those in power so they don't panic populations until the brutal bitter end in climate engineering and the chemically engineered cooldowns are further skewing that perception and the equation. From the report, the hotter the temperature, the less humidity is needed to cross the limit. At 40 degrees C, that's 104 degrees Fahrenheit, for example, you need only about 50% relative humidity to cross the non-compensable threshold. That's the wet bulb threshold. That's the point at which the human body can no longer cool itself. We are in completely uncharted territory. On that note from Newsweek.com, scientists estimate when humans could become extinct. Let's listen to this. This is truly a leap off total disinformation. The next mass extinction might be driven by extreme heat and humans could be among the casualties, they say. Let's continue. Supercomputer climate models have found that in the next 250 million years, nearly all mammals may become extinct as the planet heats to unsurvivable levels, exacerbated by a new supercontinent forecast to form near the equator, according to a new study published by the journal Nature Geoscience. These are the so-called scientists. 250 million years We'll be lucky to make it to the end of this decade on the current course. They say humans are also in the firing line of extinction in this scenario. However, we are more likely than other species to survive due to our technological advancements. Yeah, that's working really, really well for us so far, isn't it? So well that we are hurling toward near-term planetary omnicide. The Newsweek report continues. Global temperatures could be around 10 to 15 degrees Celsius. That's 18 to 27 degrees Fahrenheit. Warmer than today. That's overall. And over terrestrial areas, it could be between 25 and 30 degrees Celsius. That's 40 to 45 degrees Fahrenheit warmer over land than it is today. They then say this, if we factor in technology, we can survive thanks to building environmentally controlled shelters with air conditioning. But they say we would likely have to build other facilities to house food production also. They finish with this. This will likely impact a number of other classes of animals, but this study focused on mammals in particular. 54 degrees Fahrenheit warmer based on all available accepted science data at 5 degrees C of warming. That is likely the end of not just the human race, but all life on Earth because these changes have come so fast. What's happening now, the Earth changes that are occurring now are literally happening hundreds of times faster than any previous mass extinction in Earth's geologic past, which makes the event now hundreds of times worse than any of those past extinctions. I have no idea how to even respond to this mind-numbingly absurd report of total delusion from Newsweek. The so-called science community has truly gone off the deep end. We have 250 million years ahead of us because we can build air conditioners? Total asylum. I'll say it again. On the current course, the collapse of the planet's life support systems are so unimaginably non-linear that the human race will likely not reach the end of this decade. 
let alone 250 million years. Next, from the Sydney Morning Herald, at the very same time as Climate Action Summit, hosted by the United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres, began at the organization's headquarters in New York, the United Kingdom Prime Minister Rishi Sunak was back home making a speech outlining his plans to overturn his government's ambitious climate policies. There you have it. They're relying on climate engineering. They think that's going to save them from themselves. Not going to happen. This is another prime example of the human race, which is already hurling at blinding speed toward imminent impact at full velocity and industrialized militarized society isn't hitting the brakes. They're pedal to the metal, full speed ahead. From InsideClimateNews.org, the era of climate migration is here. Leaders of vulnerable nations say... Heads of climate vulnerable nations gathered on the sidelines of the United Nations Climate Summit just mentioned to call for new policies and agreements to manage the millions of people who are being forced from their homes by extreme weather. This is just the beginning. Climate refugees on a scale that few are willing to comprehend, followed by mass chaos, followed by Mad Max on steroids, and finally, mass mortality. It's coming. From Reuters, flooding in India forces residents to flee. The report states flooding killed more than 400, with 38 people still missing. The record-breaking torrential rainfall left a trail of unprecedented destruction. We don't hear about any of this on U.S. mainstream matrix media. From Bloomberg.com, climate change blamed as record rains flood South Africa's Cape. Western Cape floods may be the worst in 100 years. They always say it happened somewhere in the distant past, so people think, oh, it happened before, it can't be that bad. That's a total lie. More manipulation of people's perceptions. Country has been beset by flooding and fires in recent months, as so many other countries have exactly the same. Just like Greece, burnt to a crisp with hundreds of fires and then flooded, unprecedented floods, and now it's happening again. Yet more floods in Greece. Climate engineers control the spigot. Again, stop and think about it. Over 50 years ago, in Vietnam, Project Popeye, so successful at creating flooding rains over the Ho Chi Minh Trail that by the next decade, international treaties were passed to forbid weather modification, weather warfare, not that anybody cares. And are we to think it's not happening now? And we're told we're, quote, conspiracy theorists for saying this is happening now and the public goes along with that because they don't want to believe the truth. They want to believe the personal pursuit of pleasure party will continue forever into the future with unlimited resources on a finite planet with finite resources. How does that equation actually work out? Now, this dose of idiocy from Fox News. Researchers identify this mammal as the latest potential cause of climate change, suggesting balancing the species, i.e. culling them. The study suggests that moose are contributing to climate change. Listen to this. Researchers claim that moose are potentially a leading cause of climate change. I don't have the words for this. And a reminder of this 2022 report from NPR, beavers have been moving into the Arctic, accelerating the effects of climate change. So there you have it. Ecological and climate collapse all over the world isn't from industrialized, militarized society, loot, plunder, pillage, and pollute, juggernaut of total planetary destruction. It's just the moose and the beaver populations or what's left of them. Again, it's hard to find the words for any of this. The insanity being belched out by so-called scientists and their matrix media mouthpieces is beyond rational comprehension. From TheMessenger.com, Brazil could break all-time high temperature record in waning days of winter. That's Again, that's already happening, 110 degrees plus. High-pressure heat domes frying the southern hemisphere just like they've fried North America, and now Australia seems next in the crosshairs. About the dying Amazon from the UK Guardian, 
this headline, In the Line of Fire, Indigenous Brigades Battling Force Blazes in the Amazon, the people left to fend for what's remaining of the environment. The degradation of Brazil's ecosystem has steadily been worsening. The report then says independent self-defense groups are cropping up in Amazon communities across the region, taking on the role of preserving vast areas that should be under the state's protection. Next from ABC News. Caution urged for Texas beachgoers as toxic red tide blooms surge along the coasts. FYI, on that headline, oceans are superheating and dying around the world. Except for that pesky, flesh-eating bacteria, it's doing fine. From CNN, water levels on the Mississippi River are plummeting for the second year in a row. Report says the drought comes as a critical harvest season approaches and farmers across the Midwest are concerned about water supplies and barge deliveries. Salty ocean water threatens drinking water. As water levels drop, the threat of saltwater intrusion is growing in Louisiana as ocean water pushes north into drinking water systems unimpeded. Nothing to block it anymore. From theguardianmag.com, the silent extinction crisis, losing the building blocks of biodiversity, a.k.a. game over, if we remain on the current course. On that note of good cheer, you're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the Bad News Broadcast, installment number 425, September 30th, 2023. You're listening to Dane Wigington, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations known as geoengineering. The commercial-free, non-political Global Alert News Hour is broadcast currently on 27 AM and FM stations throughout the country. All recent recordings of this broadcast can be found on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org under the recent column. Geoengineering Watch wishes to express our deepest gratitude to those that have helped us to expand our reach and thus our voice in this desperate last-hour effort to sound the alarm. On that subject, if you're on our email list, please put us on your email contact book so that our mail-outs don't go to the spam files. Please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary, The Dimming, which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities. The best way to share is by circulating the direct link to The Dimming by email directly from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. When viewing our YouTube of The Dimming or Global Alert News or any other geoengineering watch video on YouTube, please subscribe, share, and comment, all of which helps us to circulate critically important data to a much wider audience. The Dimming, by the way, is pushing 1.8 million views now in spite of massive censorship. Please help us to continue to circulate that all-important film that exposes climate engineering with absolute proof that these operations are going on. Testimony from Air Force generals, former Canadian Minister of Defense, former presidential cabinet members, former government scientists, atmospheric tests, All of it in the dimming. How do we reach those that are still not looking up? Here's one way. By starting a conversation with Geoengineering Watch awareness raising materials, which can be found on our homepage. Our only goal, to provide activists what they need to move this fight forward. There's very high quality printed materials with shocking images. A picture's worth a thousand words as the proverb goes. We have Geoengineering Watch hoodies to go with our Geoengineering Watch shirts. And both of these are on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. You can look at the photos of the images front and back. And we also have scannable business cards, bumper stickers, all effective tools to strike up a conversation on the climate engineering issue. 
Waking the masses to the climate engineering onslaught is the great imperative of our time. If we can expose it, we can stop it from the inside out by waking our military brothers and sisters to what they're participating in, their own demise and ours. We must make them remember their oath to protect their populations from all threats, foreign and domestic. If you're willing to share a picture of yourself with a geoengineering watch shirt, perhaps at a gym, farmer's market, or busy street downtown, please send us your photos so that we can post it as part of our activist compilation, which is now part of our materials page. The images encourage others to make their voices heard in this all-important battle to sound the alarm. And to all those who are steadfastly committed to this must-win fight for all that matters, I want to express my deepest and most profound gratitude. When I began my trek in this endlessly arduous battle. Now over 20 years ago, I could only hear the echo of my own voice. Now we are legion, and our numbers grow by the day. Forward into the gathering storm. Stay tuned for input and specific directions on how to make your voice heard in this all-important fight. From Earth.com, a reminder headline of what we are inhaling with every breath we take. Part of what was mentioned at the beginning of this broadcast, you breathe in, and consume a credit card's worth of microplastics every week. The report states those plastics can get lodged in our airways and stay there over time. Yet, despite the ubiquity in the environment and in our bodies, scientists don't fully understand the long-term impacts on our health. This is yet another case of paid not to understand and paid not to investigate. The report continues, we breathe in microplastics in the equivalent of a credit card each week, according to a recent study published in the journal Physics of Fluids. Experts are starting to correlate microplastics with lung inflammation, shortness of breath, and an increased risk of lung cancer. Study subjects performing vigorous physical activity and breathing heavily breathed in more plastics in volume than when resting, but slower breathing associated with sleeping was associated with smaller particles. Again, the smaller they are, the more harmful they are, lodging deep inside the lungs. The report then says most of the larger microplastics deposit in the nasal cavities and trachea because the nasal cavity acts as a, quote, filter. When you're slow breathing, again, smaller particles are actually dropping in the deeper areas of the respiratory system. Plastic nanoparticles can then move into different organs in the body. Obviously, this is harmful, and the scientific community pretends they don't know. Let's add this. From BBC, how microplastics are infiltrating the food you eat. From that new report, microplastics have infiltrated every part of the planet. They have been found buried in Antarctic sea ice, within the guts of marine animals, inhabiting the deepest ocean trenches, and in drinking water around the world. Plastic pollution has been found on beaches of remote, uninhabited islands. Again, I want to make clear for those that are new to this subject, primary climate engineering element, polymer nanoparticles dispersed in skies all over the world. This is absolutely a part of this. It will never be admitted by the so-called science community or the matrix-controlled media. This report continues. The remote uninhabited islands, and it shows up in seawater samples across the planet. One study estimated that there are around 24.4 trillion fragments of microplastics in the upper regions of the world's oceans. That's a very gross understatement. But they aren't just ubiquitous in the water. They are spread widely in soils and land, too, and can even end up in the food we eat. Unwittingly, we may be consuming tiny tiny fragments of plastic with almost every bite we take. There's no question about that. In 2022, analysis by the Environmental Working Group and an environmental nonprofit fund found that sewage sludge has contaminated almost 20 million acres. That's 
80,000 plus square kilometers of U.S. cropland with PFAS forever chemicals, which are commonly found in plastic products and don't break down under normal environmental conditions. Sewage sludge is the byproduct left behind after municipal wastewater is cleaned. As it is expensive to dispose of and rich in nutrients, sludge is commonly used as organic fertilizer in the U.S. and Europe. What a great idea. Let's just spread toxic sewage on our food. Again, welcome to the planetary asylum. The report then says the microplastics will end up in waterways as rain washes the top layer of soil into rivers or washes them into groundwater. The major source of plastic contamination in our rivers and oceans is from runoff. What is coming down in the rain? Again, polymer nanoparticles, part of climate engineering operations. Research also shows that microplastics can stunt the growth of earthworms and cause them to lose weight. I wonder why. Are there almost no earthworms anywhere we look anymore? They're almost gone. They then say the reasons for this weight loss aren't fully understood. Another case of paid not to understand. But one theory is that microplastics may obstruct earthworms' digestive tracts, limiting their ability to absorb nutrients and so limiting their growth. Is that not a a very obvious conclusion, just like all the marine animals that are gulping down plastic and then dying because their whole digestive system is plugged? Crops absorb nanoplastic particles, minuscule fragments measuring between 1 and 100 nanometers in size. Again, that's exactly the climate engineering element range or about 1,000 to 100 times smaller than a human blood cell from surrounding water and soil through tiny cracks in their roots. Chemicals added during the production of plastics can disrupt the endocrine systems and the hormones that regulate our growth and development. The BBC report continues, chemicals found in plastic have been linked to a range of other health problems, including cancer, heart disease, and poor fetal development. High levels of ingested microplastics also cause cell damage, which could lead to inflammation and allergic reactions. They then say research shows that we are ingesting microplastics at levels consistent with harmful effects on cells, which in many cases are the initiating event for health impacts. Plastic fragments accumulate most in the roots of plants, which is particularly problematic for tuber and root vegetables. From grist.org, cleaning up aluminum will be critical to a low-carbon future. They say smelting, which turns alumina into aluminum, releases more pollutants into the air and water. Newsflash, soda spraying aluminum nanoparticles from geoengineering jet aircraft. Not opinion. Not theory, not speculation or conjecture, proven fact. Please don't believe me. Summon the courage and take the time to view the dimming documentary for free from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Also from grist.org, scientists make breakthrough turning air pollution into resource for human use. Okay, there you have it. Air pollution is good, so says grist. More Orwellian delusion. And it's getting worse fast. A few final headlines on planetary meltdown, and no, it's not a natural cycle. And also, no, my statement of that fact doesn't mean I'm a fan of Al Gore or AOC or any 501c3 nonprofit organization that claims to care about the environment while denying the climate engineering elephant in the equation. From the New Zealand Herald, 200 glaciers vanish in southern Alps. That's in New Zealand as ocean temperatures rise. The report then states this about the meltdown 
that it is an extraordinarily dynamic full speed retreat of the glaciers from around 2017 on. From Insider.com, this, the most intense heat wave ever recorded on Earth happened in Antarctica last year, scientists say. This is a new report from Compiled Data, and the next two puzzle pieces are part of the picture it forms. From MSN.com, flowers have started to grow in Antarctica. But someone asked, isn't that a good thing? Answer, no. When the planet's air conditioners, a.k.a. the polar regions, break down at blinding speed, that is definitely not good. There's more. From Reuters.com, Antarctic winter sea ice hits extreme record low. From the report, 1 million square kilometers less ice than the previous winter record low. This is beyond bad and will accelerate rapidly. We have blown past the tipping point with climate engineering operations further fueling the fire. I'm almost out of time. From WRALtechwire.com, this. We have destroyed our ecosystem. Now we await the collapse of civilization. This article then says the following. The headline for this article is, We have destroyed our ecosystem. It is not, we might destroy our ecosystem, nor we are on the verge of destroying our ecosystem, nor unless humanity takes steps X, Y, and Z, we will destroy our ecosystem. The headline is, We have destroyed our ecosystem. The die is cast. The deed is done. We have gone too far, and we have destroyed it. And even now, the vast majority remain completely oblivious to the oncoming train. Question, are we in fact already neck deep in the zombie apocalypse? Here's a Wikipedia definition of the term. Zombie apocalypse is a genre of fiction in which society collapses due to overwhelming swarms of zombies. Yes, I think it's here. Carl Sagan said the following, Anything else you're interested in isn't going to happen if you can't breathe the air and drink the water. Don't sit this one out. Do something. You are, by accident of fate, alive at an absolutely critical moment in the history of our planet. I would argue with Mr. Sagan on that point. It's not an accident. The universe, the creator, knows where you're supposed to be and when you're supposed to be there. Man your post until your last dying breath. Do everything you can to make a difference. Do what's right because it's right and that will always be right. Now is the time. We must decide why we are here and what we will do with the time that we've been given. Unshakable solace can only exist in facing the gathering storm head on, not running from it. If we stand together, we can still make a difference even at this late hour. We can make a quantum leap in the right direction. Check the activist suggestions link for specific instructions on how to help with moving this fight forward. Please make your voice heard. Make every day count. It's now or never. Until next week, this is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org.